Are you self-employed and looking to get a home loan? Do you want to buy a property with your super fund? Or has your mortgage application been knocked back and you need a solution? At Better Mortgage Management, we specialize in solutions for home and investment loan borrowers. With over 50 loan products and 23 years lending experience, we have the flexibility and expertise to help you achieve your property dreams. Call us at 1300 857 275 to discuss how we can help you. This podcast is brought to you by Better Mortgage Management. You're tuning into Cancer Culture, a podcast all about cancer. My name is Jackie Cowan and I'm an ex-cancer patient and also your host. I'm on a mission to let cancer patients and people affected by cancer know that they are not alone. Throughout this episode and the course of the podcast, you'll hear stories from people who are currently enduring cancer, lost loved ones to cancer, or whose lives have permanently been scarred and changed by cancer. This podcast can be both insightful and sad, so please strap in as it's one for the brave. I'm most definitely not a medical practitioner, however, a survivor of an illness who wishes to bring individuals together through hope, genuine human interaction and storytelling. Hey team, it's Jacqueline here, or Jackie, or Jack, whatever you want to call me, aka your host. Before we got into today's episode, I wanted to make a formal apology for some of the quality of the content. My microphone didn't work, which I'm quickly learning how to fix these things. And uh, yeah, it won't happen again, but the content is just way too good to start again. This episode is so amazing and it's such a testament to Soph and her mum. They are just two great, fantastic people. And yes, yeah, so if you're an absolute fighter, you're probably hands down one of the coolest kids I've ever met. I'm so proud of you for making it through this journey. And that goes for your whole family. Uh, I was put in contact to with Soph through her cousin Leighton. And uh, if you stick around right to the end of the episode, you'll hear a beautiful, beautiful track that he wrote for her when Soph was in hospital. So big round of applause. Soph, I haven't seen you since we recorded this episode, but... Once again, I'm so proud of you. Let's do this. Today, I am joined by a new friend, Soph. How are you, Soph? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Soph is, you're the niece? I think so. Of Leighton? Yes. Yeah, of my friend Leighton, who's told me a lot about you. He's told me a lot about your journey and that you're a little bit of a weapon. You know, you know what I mean? It's a little tough weapon. Yeah. <laughs> so something I just learned this morning, but we actually both had the same cancer. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. What kind of cancer did you have? I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And do you know the difference between Hodgkin's lymphoma and non-Hodgkin's? No. No, okay, that's all right, that's fine. I don't know either. <laughs> one's hard, one's easy to cure, and the other one's not so easy. Yeah. I think, yeah, you have the easy to cure one. So how old were you when you were first diagnosed with cancer? Ten. Ten? And do you remember what that was like? Yeah, I didn't care. I was too sick to care. Yeah. But when I found out I had cancer, I said, okay, and then went to sleep. Many people love <laughs> to be able to do that. Did you know much about cancer before you were sick? No. No? You didn't know what it was or? I knew what it was, but I didn't really know a lot about it because no one I knew really had cancer except my grandma. Yeah, so you didn't know anything about it? 
grandma and I didn't get to meet her, but she had brain cancer, so. Yeah. Which is different than me. That's, it's very different to you. Did they tell you when you were first diagnosed that Hodgkin's is pretty common in young people? No. No. That's what I was told when I was sick, which made me feel a little bit better in terms of how they would be able to treat it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, why did this happen to me? She had, Sophia had a PET scan. No, what did you have? Must have been a biopsy. So. We had a biopsy to find out what was wrong, what sort of cancer she had, if it was a, if it was heart. So when we found out she had Hodgkin's disease, we didn't know straight away which kind of Hodgkin's because she had to have a biopsy. So we waited two weeks for results to find out that it was Hodgkinson's and that it was a soft cancer, not a hard cancer, which meant it could possibly they could cure her. Mm. Soft cancer? Yeah, so if she had a hard cancer, if it was hard, it would be more set in, whereas the soft cancer hadn't gone into her bones yet, so it was on the outside of her bones. And so what happened after that? Uh, they started chemos pretty much straight away and said that, because when we first got diagnosed, the doctor said we'll do everything we can. We didn't want to hear those words, but then when they found out that they can treat it and you know it was more than they'll do everything we can then we had much more hope. Mm. That's, does that, is that like a, from a mother's side of things when they say we'll do everything that we can? I, it's the scariest words you can hear, <laughs> believe me, yes. Do you mm. feel as though now that you've gone through the treatment and Sophia's soap's come out on the other side? Do you feel those words are more so just a safeguard, like a bit of a safety blanket? Like I, they genuinely mean they will do? What they came at the time, because they didn't know what sort of cancer she had, and it was through her bones, like she, the doctors saw her x-ray and her said they'd never seen anything like it. In fact, the Redlands Hospital didn't even know what it was. She had it everywhere, everywhere. Wow. So we were scared, so I guess when you see x-rays like that, of course you're going to say, yes, we'll do everything we can, but, and it may not have been curable if it was the hard cancer. That's mm -hmm. what our oncologist said. So after that, the meetings, and I didn't know anything about it until my dad came in and I think he went into the like bathroom and I was crying and all that, and then came out and told me that I had cancer but they didn't, I don't think they told me what cancer I had and I just like said okay because I was really too sick to care and that's about it and I don't really remember what happened after that. Yeah. I know, we had to wait, so it was a waiting game. I think we told her she had cancer when we knew they could cure it. Yeah, when we knew what we were dealing with we kept it a bit quiet because she was too sick anyway, I don't think, yeah. I was in my own little bubble yeah. at that time. As you would be. As you would be. Yeah. Did you, what made you believe that you were sick? So I couldn't get out of bed. My dad, I think, like my dad thought, I, and my sister thought I was just like playing a little, playing a little joke and that I, faking it. Faking it. Because I didn't want to go to school. 
but I had like puffy eyelids and I was like, wasn't eating, I was like really skinny. Really skinny. And when I went to the hospital, I had 24 kilos, which was abs like really skinny. Mm. And I just like couldn't get out of bed and like I couldn't eat anything. And I like, I could barely walk. Like there was like a hill at the doctor's and I couldn't even come up the hill without like getting puffed and all that. And mum's like, that's not, that's mm, like, not that's not normal. And I had an ear infection, but it found out it was just a little lump at the back of my ear, which was making it hurt. Yeah. So, yeah we were and my doctors thought I was, faking it as well. Yeah, we were taking her to doctors and they kept saying tonsillitis, ear infections, because she'd say she had a sore throat, earaches. Yeah, and they said But like, they told me at the doctors that they couldn't see anything and then when they looked in my ear, my mouth, they said, oh, tonsillitis. So I think they were just making up things were wrong with me so they could like get rid of me and they gave me all these medications and none of it was my dad was like at least it's tonsillitis at least it's nothing worse mm, should have they should have knocked on some they should have knocked on some wood they should have knocked on some wood because it was worse than tonsillitis I don't understand how they could put, I'm not a doctor obviously, but how they can put two and two, like an ear infection. Well, I think we were going in for, because we, you know, we're going in for low energy, sore throat, sore ears, so they were the things we were going in for. Because the cancer actually started here in wow. her nose. So it started. So in I her was nose. like blowing my nose constantly, like yeah. there would be a pile of tissues all over my room, and my room at the time was pretty big. So there was like piles everywhere of like dirty tissues in my room. Yeah. Cause it would just keep coming out. So did that eventually get worse after that? Yes. Yes. After about the third lot of antibiotics when you couldn't even make it up the hill to the doctor's surgery. Yeah, my, my mum said to the doctors, I will take her to the hospital. And they said, if you feel like that's necessary, then do it. Like they didn't think anything was wrong with me, so we took her to the Redlands, and even they didn't know what well, was wrong with me. Yeah, and like little kids who were there were afraid of me. Like their parents would say, "Don't go near her," because I was like really sick, and I stayed there for a couple of weeks and at Redlands, at Redlands and then they told me that they don't know what it is and to go to Marta. And that's where I ended up and so found out. when we got to Marta was when you were 24 kilos. Yeah. So quite that skinny when we got to Redlands. Yeah. You're probably, I don't remember, but by the time she'd been there for two weeks, she just, yeah, yeah. Were you having night sweats or anything? Yes, you were. Yeah. Because I was the same, right? So I was in grade 12 and I had, my lymph nodes were huge <coughs> and like my girlfriends and I used to, just play with them because we didn't know what they were and my doctor said it was an ingrown hair. I don't, do you know what an ingrown yeah. hair is? Yeah. And so for about nine months there was nothing wrong with me. I lost a lot of weight. Like went from like 80 down to 50. And was like, oh, I wonder why I'm losing all this weight. And was like always sleeping and yeah, and night that sweats. Was, uh, and always sleeping. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with me. And then like, they told me that I had glandular fever. I, I couldn't even go to school. Like I would like not go to school for like weeks and weeks and when I would go to school I would sleep on the desk all the time 
and I did actually compete in nationals with cancer and I came sixth. Nationals for what? Uh, trampolining. Awesome, cool. And I was like so skinny at the nationals that I like took all my doubles out of my routines. Oh, you still had two doubles? Yeah, two doubles, but everything else was like easy skills because yeah. I was like so skinny and all that sort of stuff and yeah. not feeling very well but because all my family was coming down to Melbourne to see me perform I thought I had to do it because they all paid all the tickets and all that to pay to go so I just put my big boots on and did it yeah and no one knew that you were sick at that time they knew I was sick but they didn't know how sick I was well we thought she was getting better but I think mentally she was trying to get better because she was going Melbourne but physically I don't think I was any better but mentally I was like trying to like downplay the whole thing. Cause at Melbourne, I told everyone I had the deadly flu because a girl at my school went up to me and said, there's this new deadly flu going around, you might have it. And then I just told everyone at nationals, I've got the deadly flu. <laughs> and everyone would tell mom like, oh, your daughter's not eating a lot. And that I'm like not eating anything. Yeah. So the deadly flu, hey? Yeah. Like I would go around all day telling everyone that I've got the deadly flu virus, even though I didn't. Mm -hmm. So that might have been a little but, lie. Glandular um, fever is the same as the Epstein-Barr virus. It's similar. And that's what Sophia had was the Epstein-Barr virus. So it's possible she didn't have cancer. She could have had the EB virus, but then it's rapidly turned into cancer. We really don't know. Because it was a fast spreading cancer, like, I think if we left it any longer, it would have went into my brain. Yeah. So Which we were, yeah, so we were all lucky to get to the hospital when we did. Because Dad didn't even want to take me to the hospital. He was like, no. Oh, I think he would have in the end. Yeah, but at the time when I yeah. went, he didn't really think it was necessary to go to the hospital. I also think... In a parent's shoes, I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but I can only imagine. But the last thing you would ever think of is your little girl. Yeah. Your 10-year-old daughter has cancer. But on our day, because we had day passes every day, like at Redlands, because they didn't really know what was wrong with us, so they didn't really do anything. So we just had day passes every single day, and I came home, and I was like, Mom, I think I have cancer. And she's like, no, you don't have cancer. I did have cancer. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but she didn't know that at the time. Didn't. And I was like, Mum, I think I have cancer. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, you don't have cancer. You definitely don't have cancer. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of that year, she made the nationals, but she was actually in a team to train for the Australian team. And she was so fit and so strong. Mm, it just happened. I won the state teams, like, in, in everything I won. Like, that was, like, two months before all of it started. I won first place at States, and I won first place at Del Mini at States. And that was, like, two... And tumbling. And tumbling. And that was, like, two months before I got really sick and before all that, like, before I couldn't even walk and do anything. And, yeah. So after you had the biopsy... Yeah. They figured out that you had Hodgkin's lymphoma? Yeah. Yeah, and you were at the MARTA? Yes. And so after that, they started treatment? Yes. Yeah. And what did that look like? Uh, just, I had to get a central line in my chest and 
like a little pole and it would just go through the pole into my heart and it would like expand all through my body and that was like chemo. Make chemo. Yeah. yeah. So it was like one week on and I think two weeks And then off. after the two weeks you'd get really sick and you mm. probably know that because you had the same but it would get, like I would get so sick and all that. So how many chemos did you have? Uh, I think I had like eight, didn't I? You had six, I think you had six months of chemo and so it must have been like one week to ten days on of chemo, then three weeks, two to three weeks break until, and sometimes it was probably longer in between chemos because she'd be sicker. Yeah. And they wouldn't start the chemo if she was, I mean, the first chemo, Sophia had cystitis, which meant she was coughing up blood. Mm. And they put the hose in her nose to feed she coughed that up many times which was and scary. i had to be the one to pull it out of my feeding tube yeah so a feeding tube would go down to my stomach and i don't know I, I don't think my body liked it very much it would reject and all that sort of stuff so it would like when i would vomit it would come up with the vomit and then i had to pull it out from my nose mm -hmm. and then they would stick yeah. another one in and then like, I think a couple of days later, it would come out with the vomit, then I had to pull it out. And they just kept putting it in until some, suddenly they just stopped putting it in and was like, we can't put it in if you're just gonna vomit it out two days later. So they just stopped putting it on, in altogether. It was your body rejecting it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. Hmm. But they did threaten me, which they never actually did, but they threatened me saying, if you don't start eating, we'll have to put a tube into my nose from in from my nose into my bowel so it can't come out and that was like so scary that I started eating and I never got it back in again because mm -hmm. I was just eating that was out that was the parents battle for feeding yeah mm -hmm. food, they it still is a bit but food I mean making sure she kept because we it wasn't nice seeing your daughter with the hose in the nose and she felt it there constantly Horrible. I couldn't talk like I could not imagine me without talking because I talk about everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> but yeah, you did enjoy it more than I enjoyed it because I like I love talking. She does as well, so I think that's where I got it from. But mm. Same, same with Mum and I. Uh, yeah, so I had to... Talking's great though, talking's what keeps the world going. Yeah, so without talking I was just not myself, like without my snarking sense of humour I just wasn't not myself. And I think my, like, my doctors loved it because my doctor Trish, like, likes my snarky comments, but without it I'm just not, I'm not so, I'm just not myself without my snarky comments about everyone. So what were those six months like for you? Do you remember? Yes. Were they scary? Uh, it sounds like you have a pretty can-do attitude, but at the same time, were you a little bit scared? Uh, it wasn't really I was scared. I was just a bit upset because all my friends were out having a good time, going to school, having like going out with friends and all that, and I'm stuck in hospital with, like, stuck in hospital day in, day out for months. So it was a bit... I got upset because like I just wanted to be with my friends but I couldn't. I would mum had to be 
a therapist because my mom and dad, my mom and dad would swap sometimes. He cared. He just wasn't very good at a therapist. So I had to ring up mom from a couple of days off, and I'd be like, Mom, oh my god, I'm so sad. And she would have to talk to me for hours and just be like, When you get out, and all this sort of stuff. And she would have to just talk to me for hours while I was on the phone just bawling my eyes out to her. How lucky are we? We both have pretty awesome mums. Yeah. My dad's pretty good. Oh, our dad's but, um, And that's, I reckon, what got me through. Got you through? I can't say, yeah. Yep. Just so now she just wants to do everything she's missed out on for two years. Why not? Why not? Do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I want one on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully when this comes out, you've got one. It better. It better. Oh. So when did you finish? So you finished chemo six months after you were diagnosed or did it keep going for a while? Uh, di- six months after I di- diagnosed and I was like back to normal. I didn't, I rang the bell, I had my, had my wish and... What was your wish? To meet Delta and go on The Voice in Sydney. Yeah. And a lot of people at like, it might be different for you, but a lot of people that I was friends with got really jealous about the make wish and they would be like say like she doesn't deserve it and all that sort of stuff with like behind my back and all that so lucky i've got rid of that toxic toxic environment yeah and we're no longer friends but at the time it was like hurtful because like they don't know what i've been through and they would say to me oh i wish i was like you don't get to go to school and that stuff was like a bit hurtful because they don't know what i've been through like i doubt they wanted to have cancer just so they could miss school like it's a lot more than just missing school had all this sort of stuff that they don't even know about and it was just hurtful at the time for my friends to be like or I want cancer, just, yeah. Isn't it bizarre how like people say those things? People aren't nice, are they? They're people not. People are nice, they are Yeah, they are people, people that are nice, but some of them, few majority of people aren't. But sometimes you have to work through yeah. those things to figure out bad qualities in other people yeah. as well. Like I'm glad, not glad that I had cancer, but I'm glad that part because then after the cancer I could figure out who were my friends and who weren't my friends. Mm-hmm. Because when you get cancer, the people can show their true colours, you know? Of course. Like after cancer, we were like best friends and stuff before I had cancer. But after, like they wouldn't text me. No one texted me during I had cancer. And like I didn't get any like texts, messages and all that and all I needed was just someone to text me and say hi because I was going through a lot and I just really wanted to talk to someone because I was in like a bubble because they were out there and I was stuck in here. And that'd be alienating. Do you know what alienating means? You're an alien? Yep. <laughs> yes. But like much. you think you're an alien but you're not. Yeah, I guess it just means that you're alone. Yeah, as you just said. Yeah. So like, I think cancer is very alienating in yeah. itself. Because like in the first place, yeah. because you're different to everyone else. Yeah. Plus now your friends are being. That was years ago, so I've moved past that. And they, haters can hate. That's all I say. Yeah, haters can hate. Haters can hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you did you have you had your first diagnosis? Yeah. And then were you in? Yeah, and then I got diagnosed because we that at the time they didn't know that 
the EBV virus was what was causing it, so I got EBV virus again, and then I got cancer again. Wow. And actually, it's pretty ironic, because on my TikTok, and it's still up today, I said, because after I had a shower, like, my feet were all, like, red and my fingers were all, like, red, and I looked it up, and it was a cancer thing that people get if they have cancer, and I put it on my TikTok, and I'm like, I think I have cancer again. And a week later, I got diagnosed with cancer. Wow. So I can, like, see the future. I think I'm, like, a mind reader. I can see the future. Because that's the second time I read the future about my cancer. Also, so. itchy feet was one of them. Sorry, yeah. Itchy feet was one of the symptoms. Did you know that? Yeah, because I had itchy red feet after helping out of the shower. Yeah. And I put in my TikTok, I think I have cancer again. A week later, got diagnosed with cancer again. Was it like consistent itchy red feet or would they just pop up? Sometimes? They would just pop up after a shower. I would be scratching my feet all night. Mm -hmm. And then I had, because when I got remi in remission, every like six months or something, I had to do like a PET scan or a CAT scan, whatever it's called, to see if the cancer's come back because that's something I have to do. And this time it did come back and I, this time I was a lot better, like I had a big lump on my neck so I knew that something was wrong because like I had the whole symptoms I had the first time but it was a lot better because I think we got it earlier and I had like a big lump on my, on my neck and then when we went to hospital they told me that I had cancer and this time I was a lot more humanator if you know what I mean and I had more feelings about it. So I was like sobbing into my dad's arms because I'm like, my God, I've got cancer again. That's horrible. Because the first time I've been through it, you're like, you know what to expect and you know that it's going to be horrible. So like the first time I didn't know what to expect. So I didn't really care that much. But the second time I knew what to expect and I was like crying my eyes out. And... I had to do a CAT scan, so I was there for like hours and hours because I had to do another CAT scan, well, no, a PET scan, I don't know what it's pet called, scan. a PET scan, and that time they put a cannula into my arm and the cannula wasn't into my blood, so when I got all the liquid stuff for the PET scan, it went into my arm and made my arm all puffy up, oh, no. so they had to... So they had to stop it and I went home and then I did it a couple of weeks later because they didn't do it properly. No way, I think they did do it again but they did it on the other arm and they had to put the cannula in properly and then they did it. And then I went home with a really puffy arm because they didn't do it properly. That's scary. Yeah, so I thought my arm was going to be like that forever but it's not. <laughs> So what? So after that, you were re-diagnosed with cancer. Yes. Again? Yeah, and I think after the week, I had to go back into like I didn't have chemo because I didn't do I did chemo, but I didn't do it for like another month or so. So I was just like being the same as I was, but like out of hospital, and I had to get my central line back in, and they were just looking where it went wrong last time because I like I had it twice, and normally people only have it once. So they needed to see where, what went wrong. When they found out what went wrong, they like fixed it. They gave me chemo and they gave me a whole thing of, what's it called? Stem cell treatment from my sister. So that was a really 
upsetting moment. You were in isolation ward for six months. Yeah, and I was in isolation for six months. And I couldn't... have to cloak up, everyone. Yeah, like, she, mum and dad had to, like, when they left the hospital, they had to wear, like, hospital gowns everywhere they go. And then when they get back, they have to have a shower because, like... To be totally germ-free. Exactly. And for me, there was, like, this medication that I was on. And... If you have it and you don't have it bath and wash yourself every six hours or four hours or something, then you get third degree burns all over your legs. And so I had to have a shower every four to six hours every day, a week or so. And I had to wake up at like four o'clock and have a shower. So it or a bath because they didn't have showers. Yeah, dad did that one. He had to because he's an early bird. But he was having to get you up at two o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock. Yeah. And all this sort of stuff all yeah, four day, times day. Four times a day. So it was really bad. I hated it. But I had to do it or so I didn't get third degree burns all over my body. And no one really wants third degree burns. Of course not. So I had to rub myself, rub everywhere on me Did in the you bath. Up you ended up getting grass versus host disease from the stem cell treatment. Yeah, but it wasn't and that as bad. That was one of the symptoms, side effects, whatever. Third degree burns all over the body. It was horrible. Yeah, so I did end up actually getting it, yeah. even though I tried not to get it, but I don't know if it was similar thing or whether it was from different. I'm not sure. Yeah, we don't really know, but after I was completely cancer-free, I still had lots of ups and downs because. Just because I was like better and cancer free, I still had like a really low immune system. So even though I was out of hospital, I couldn't see anyone and I couldn't go to school. So it was like I was better, but I was still living a cancer life and mm -hmm. it was very upsetting. So like I would have to go into a hospital and I still had a tube up my nose. So this one stayed for like two months. Cause after that, cause I was like 30, 35 kilos going into the stem cell treatment because I was actually better even though I did still have cancer. And after after it, I had like 28 kilos, so I lost all that weight because wow. I didn't eat anything. So I had to keep the hose in my nose and I got out like the first week of December. So at this time, I reckon I would be out or still in there about to be out last year. So this time last year, I was either out or like nearly out yeah so on christmas everyone had to come here no children and everyone had to come here at my house because they need like i couldn't go anywhere because i didn't have uh, i didn't have an immune system so everyone had to come here i still had the tube in my nose and like Leighton came Leighton came to christmas but it was like i was here but not really because i was still really sick after the whole stem cell treatment I was pretty sick because my immunity was low. And I saw the like tube in my nose so I couldn't go swimming. And the Christmas before that, I went to my auntie's place and they had kids and they have a pool. And I just had to watch everyone else swim while I couldn't. It was horrible because I love swimming, but I had a central line and I just had to watch everyone have a good time in the pool while I had to sit on the sidelines. Anyway, back to the Christmas last year. So. It was bad and all that left and yeah, that's about it. But you just want to talk about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, this year is gonna be a much better Christmas. Yeah, because I don't have a central line. I've got hair Yay. to swim with. 
and it's just gonna be and it's just gonna be a good Christmas this year, so that's good. But after Christmas, New Year's Eve, my cousin came and my friend, but isn't a friend anymore. And that sucks because she was a long life friend. Like I knew her since I was like two. Born. Yeah, born. No, but it's like one because she wasn't born when I was born. So like one, I knew her and now we're not friends. So cancer's been ugh, yucky. What do you, how do you think you've changed as a person since you've had cancer? I think I've changed in a good way because when I, before I had cancer, I wasn't bad, but like I was a bit self-centered, I would say. I was a crybaby. I would talk about everything, everything that happened. If anything moved, I would start crying. But now that I've had cancer, I don't really get affected by what people say about me anymore which I did a lot before cancer. Like, I had this girl that would say, like, lots of mean stuff about me to my face, and I would just start crying. But, like, people say a lot of mean stuff about me, and I just don't really care about it anymore. Like, their words don't affect me, which I think is a good thing that happened. Awesome thing. Yeah. Do you have any... Do you know anyone else that has cancer? I know... Like, I don't know them personally, but some people on the internet that I watch have cancer and they're bored and they're still going through a hard time <coughs> as it is and I yeah but other than that not really anyone that I know. Do you want to help people at all? If they contact me then I can talk about it and make them feel better about it because I knew because I know that's what I wanted someone to do to me when do to me when I was in the hospital I just wanted someone to contact me and talk to me and get me through it so if they wanted to, then that's, I don't mind. Yeah, that's awesome because I think you'd be a really good person to do that. Yeah. And you're quiet, you're very mature for your age. Thank super you. Super confident and a lot of people don't have that. But also that could be cancer as well, like going through a life-threatening illness. You find your feet and you're like, excuse me, but I think yeah. those ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, is that okay? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, I do it. Okay, cool. I do it in family photos. I do it in, in like, when mum takes photos of me, I just point up the root finger. And mum's like, no, I'm not taking a photo with you doing that. I'm like, okay. And, just leave it there. and then yeah. when she tries to do it, when she tries to do it, I'm just like, and then, yeah. So, mum, how are you? Yeah, good. You good? <laughs> Can I ask you a few questions? Certainly, yeah. How was that time for yourself and your partner and your other daughter? My sister was just living her life. Yeah, it was, yeah, well, Isabella, Isabella, her older sister was, I guess, upset, but she was at that age where she was living her life, as Sophia put it, but we were, we found it quite stressful, scary, busy, like, it was still scary because even though she was getting chemo, we still didn't know if it was going to work. Like, mm-hmm. That was stressful. My husband and I, we were very definitely nervous and scared. I think we were both scared, really scared. Busy and when you were sick, we always felt really sorry for Sophia having to go through. And then, so after the hospital, when we'd been in hospital for six months, we still had to do regular hospital visits, especially even this year after the stem cell treatment. We'd have hospital visits two or three times a week. Oh, Sophia had problems with her potassium level. Yeah. 
So quite often her potassium level was too low. Yeah, so I had to stay back. So we'd have to be at the hospital for potassium infusions, which were a four-hour infusion. <laughs> so Sophia and, and I would, and her father, whoever took her, and he, would be wouldn't get home from the hospital till midnight some nights. Yeah. Being, after being there all day, because yeah, it was blood tests and then. And that was just our checkups. Yeah. Like all day, all night. Because they wouldn't tell us that about the potassium till it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. Because we'd be there at like nine o'clock in the morning, and then they wouldn't tell us that our potassium is low till four o'clock. And then we know that we'd have to be there another five hours at least. Yeah. So it was always. And then Dad got really stressed out because, like, sometimes he had to work in the morning, and he wakes up at like three. So we'd only get like a three hour sleep. Because I was at the hospital. Well, at least you guys can leave. I couldn't even leave. Oh, no, I had to stay in a bed for like nine hours. And by the time I got home, by the time I got up out of the bed, my legs were all weak because I hadn't moved for and, nine hours. And you didn't eat much that day either. So that was always a bit Yeah, like my weight would be good. And then it probably goes down the next day because. Yeah. Do you have cancer in your family? In either of your families? My grandma had my cancer, but different so, cancer. Sophia's grandma, which was my husband, had a brain tumour, but that's different. But my grandma had cancer of the liver, but she was 66 mm. when she was diagnosed with that. And that's about all that cancer, yeah. Do you feel, like I know my mum struggled a lot because she was just like, what the bloody hell, like where did this come from? Did you ever feel that way? if it, was because this Epsom Barr virus, which is similar to glandular fever, apparently it does turn to cancer. And I think Sophia has had a low immunity from day dot, but yeah. we weren't aware of it. Because every time we'd go to the ECA, she'd be sick. Mm. Like, she'd always have a week or two off school afterwards. So I think her immunity was low. Could have been to do with this Epsom Barr virus, because apparently we've all had it but in Sophia it turned to cancer. Mm. So we sort of know why. I mean, we thought maybe we had Sophia too old in life, but you know, that doesn't always happen. I don't know. Mm. Ifs and buts, hey? Yeah, so that's right. You'll I never mean, know. We saw lots of young mums in there with cancer kids as well, cancer baby, you know. Yeah. I think it just attacks in whatever way it wants, doesn't it? Because my body couldn't detect that there was an infection in my body. Like, it is good that some virus is good at hiding itself in your body. Yeah. So my, like, cells and all that didn't even know that, like, an illness was in my body to attack it. So it was just living in my body rent-free. Which is not very happy because they didn't get to pay me nothing for living in my body for months. How dare they? Exactly. I wanted money. Like, they, like, they could have at least given me money for staying in my body. But no, they didn't even give me that. They just did whatever they wanted, didn't exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah. I think you should be very proud of yourself. I have my moments. Yeah. And I think also it's like something that will come with time. Do you think you've had a lot of people beat cancer and they're like, you know, have this big groundbreaking moment where they've overcome something quite hectic. I think so. I think if you survive cancer, then I think you should be very proud of surviving cancer. And I think I speak for myself a lot because I'm not that proud of 
surviving cancer because of just what the negative people said about me, making me feel like I'm less than, even though I'm not. And it's just like, that's why I don't really want to tell lots of people about it because they might look at me a different way if I say that I've had cancer. They might look at me as a disease or something. Some people tell me that they don't want to be my friend because apparently I'll give them cancer because I'm a disease. Most people should be proud of themselves, like everyone should be, not most people, everyone should be proud of themselves for beating cancer. But with that, you get a lot of negative thoughts. And I think that you should just be yourself. Live your life and haters will hate. Haters will hate. Yeah. And also, I think I'm a little bit older than you. I'm not trying to say I'm older than you, I know better. But the amount of stuff, people were horrible to me before I had cancer whilst I had cancer, but it got better as I got older. Because people grow up, they have a little mm. bit more of an understanding of life. Yeah. You're 13, you are a, you're growing up to be a woman, but yeah. like when you're 10, a lot of kids at that age have no idea what cancer is. And they is. still don't, like... Of course they won't, and they yeah, never will. And exactly. And that they never have to go through something as bad as what you or I went through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Because you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. Yeah. You've grown so much from having this disease. And if you can try and put it behind you in some way, shape or form, because, because that's yeah. not nice. This part here is a bit of an important part of the podcast, only because... It's affected, it's an after effect, it's a rippling on after effect that's affecting our whole family. Yeah, because like... We can't go to our local school, like, we haven't even got her to school yet because of all this horrible stuff. Mm. Like, cancer's is, so bad, but then after cancer, you still are suffering from mm. negative thoughts yeah. and all that. And I just like, when I get in a fight with someone, they always bring up cancer and I'm like, why do you have, like that's the only thing they can come up with is that I had cancer. What, you're a fighter and you're strong. Exactly, like, like, yeah, but someone I've had a fight with actually, this is like, someone I had a fight with were actually like really good friends now, so like people people come around and all that. Of course they do and people, this is what I mean by education, as people grow up they will realise what you've gone through Yeah. That they'll even be like, oh do you guys remember Soph in primary school that know, beat cancer? Right, yeah. yeah. And also people grow up and people like, you can't, kids are oh, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> as sweet as they can be, they can mm. also be quite malicious and right. that has nothing to do with who you are or what your character is, how you've overcome this disease is a testament to who you are yeah. and your strength. Because I think now that I've beaten cancer, I think I like the person I've become more than the person I was before at cancer. Like, I wasn't bad, but like, I would probably like be a bit nasty to people sometimes. So now that I've like been through cancer, I've like come to a person who understands what people are going through. Because I'm sure before cancer, I wouldn't have understood when someone said they had cancer and when I saw a bald person on the street I would laugh at them and think it was like funny that they were bald mm. but now that I've had cancer I understand what people are going through and how everyone has a different like they all have something that defines who they are and just cancer's mine and I just like the person now that I've become because <laughs> now when I see people on the street when I see people on the street who's bald and like and all that, I just think, oh my god, I'm so sorry for them. 
Like I feel so bad for them because I know what they're going through. I don't because some people get their heads shaved to support people with cancer, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, but no. like just because they've shaved their head, I still like I don't know what they're going through, so I still feel bad for them. And if they shave their head, then they're a good person. But mm -hmm. I don't think I would ever shave my head again <laughs> because I don't so want to. Do well, go to shave again in July next year. Really. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm just stirring you up. Nah, that's really cool. Yeah. I like your perspective on things. I think it's awesome. If I'm being totally transparent with you, when you first walked through the door, I was like, hey, on here. <laughs> Little sassy babe. But you're, you're, you've got a big heart. And you've got a really cool story to tell. Yeah. And you've come so far. And I'm really excited for you to eventually find your way to grade eight. It'll yeah. be awesome. Yeah. It's like a fresh new start. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've come out of this like stronger and with like a different outlook on life. So yeah. it could be good. I hope. And do you know what? Fingers crossed. I can't wait till I get to grade 10 so I can actually go out and party. So. I would hurry that up too soon. Uh, maybe even grade 9 because I know some people that I'm friends with in grade 9 go out and party. Oh, so I hope that's me. Birthday parties, yes. No, I goes out and parties, so. Yeah. Parties. You can have a birthday party when you're in grade nine. No, but I mean like actual parties, like full-on parties. Is there anything, like this is a big question, I'm aware of it, you don't have to know how to answer it, but if there is any advice you could give to another young person that's going through something similar to what you are, what would it be? I would probably say that even though it's hard at the moment, it does get better and at the moment just be yourself and if they don't like you for who you are, then they're not worth knowing. Cancer's horrible, but if you know how to, if you know that there's good times coming, then hopefully that helps you. Yeah. And just don't change for other people. And I know yeah. you're supposed to have cancer advice, but I think that's an advice that everyone needs, that mm -hmm. don't change for anyone else. If they don't like you for who you are, then they're not worth knowing. And that's for when you, Finished cancer because that's something I should have probably done my own thing. I should have not let people's words change who I am now. But now that I am this person, I like it. So just hope everyone has a good day. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Do you want to say anything else? Look at me. Look up me on social media. I need followers. And <laughs> give you back my laptop. Oh yeah, and Isabella, if you're hearing this, give me back my laptop. I need it. Now. <laughs>
I leave the room and I hang my damn head Tears stream down my cheeks while I'm gasping for breath I thought I was stronger by passing this test While I screamed to the sky to put me there instead I don't understand where's the justice in this You're my blood who I love, you're still just a damn kid Put my trust in above but that's not how I live You're too young for this cancer, I want answers I guess I'll always remember back when you were three And we walked to the lake, it was just you and me All of your fingers wrapped round my pinky How could you ever know what that day meant to me? Such a sweet kid, sincerely You have to be kind, that's what you said to me A little naive, but such empathy Just a creature of light, that was your energy I can see all the weight that you've lost in your face And your mum's telling me you ain't eaten in days I wanna be there, but what can I say? I've got nothing to share, I ain't been in your place Now I'm leaving the war to the lifts in a daze Walk the world trodden path, all the steps I retrace Every second I spend in my head I replay Trying to hold it together, I can barely see straight Lips talking to me, I can't hear what she say Figure I figure from the look on her face Her hand grips mine, falls into the embrace But I'm not even here, I just wanna run away But I can't, can't. and you know I never will Still my heart, heart, till I can hold my hand still From the start, I knew I had to chill That's my part at least till you heal I'll always remember back when you were nine You were growing too fast for my peace of mind We laid family to rest while you stood by my side This time your whole hand fit right into mine My strength came from you and your cousins this time Our family grieved all today we stopped time I don't think I did wrong but it didn't feel right So I held it together, broke down in the drive So I held it together, broke down in the drive this life without you by my side Thank God you're a fighter, a cancer survivor Can't finish this song, I'm not much of a writer Thank God you're a fighter, a cancer survivor I'm not much of a writer Thank God you're a fighter, a cancer survivor Can't finish this song, I'm not much of a writer Thank God you're a fighter Thank God you're a fighter <laughs> You're the toughest damn kid I've ever met